Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR. IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Welcome into the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan Polish pipe bomb Jeff Orlowski here steering the ship. You know, Steve Zaki, you know, he's off uh, whining and dining somewhere, hanging out with people a lot more classy than me. So I'm in the studio holding it down for the day, but never fear. Steve will be here. He's going to join us on the phone uh, for two segments in the first hour and two segments in the second hour. So it'll be almost like he's here. So you'll get a lot of Steve Zaki still today. You're not stuck with me solo. So count your blessings for that. Uh, we got a pack show. Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com is going to be here. You're going to hear from Lori Monroe with her one lap down segment. She's from Race Talk Radio. She's going to be here as well. So it, uh, full show, full show. And what a week in motorsports. The, you know, it's just, it seems like every week the news, there's just so much to talk about. And, you know, we only have two hours. So we're going to try to get to everything. You got Casey Kane. He's dealing with medical issues. He's out of the car this weekend in Indianapolis. You got the terrible rain, uh, the storms that are going through Indy. Xfinity race has already been canceled for today. It also washed out cup qualifying, uh, Xfinity practice. It washed out everything today. NASCAR has bumped up the start time for their race tomorrow. So if you set your DVRs already to record that race, you got to do a little adjusting. Now the green flag is supposed to start at noon. But if you follow the radar, Tomorrow doesn't look all that much better than today does weather-wise down in Indianapolis. And so whether they get this one in uh, tomorrow is going to be up in the air as well. NASCAR, you know, it just seems like they can't catch a break. And, uh, you know, this is supposed to be one of the biggest races of the year, the Brickyard 400, and uh, it's the last race before the playoffs begin. And rain is just going to just, you know, just punish them. Just absolutely punish them. Now, there was a, a great article that uh, that I saw on uh, on the Twitterverse. And uh, forgive me, because I'm trying to look for it now to, to, to give proper credit to it. But um, they were talking about how it's kind of surprising that only four 
of the regular cup guys were, uh, you know, were entered into the Xfinity race. And the reason why it was kind of surprising is Xfinity, they're running the restrictor plate package and everything like that at, uh, at Indianapolis this weekend. And it will not get run for the cup guys uh, and the race that's supposed to happen tomorrow. However, you know, all the talk that's swirling around the garage and all over the Internet and uh, about NASCAR, the Cup Series, using the restrictor plate package um, and and drafting package at tracks like Indianapolis for next season, they're surprised that more Cup regulars did not enter this race to practice and get seat time with this package in the Xfinity Series. Brings up, you know, a couple different options. Everybody, uh, well, a large portion of people complain about cup regulars racing in the Xfinity series. The When he's entered, the Kyle Busch is going to win every race series. Um, the fact that, you know, going, going into the end of the regular season for X, the Xfinity series, there was only maybe five or six winners that weren't cup regulars in the series. Uh, the series that used to get their hashtag and title and slogan was names are made here, but the only people that won the race are the established names anyway. So what names are they building up and future stars are they building to take the next leap into the cup cup series with a fan base with momentum. And then you've got the flip side where these guys say, well, uh, the Xfinity guys running against the, the creme de la creme, the cream of the crop, the best drivers in the world, it teaches them how to raise their game. They can sit there and, you know, try as, as hard as they can to keep up with Kyle Busch for five laps and figure out his line and what he's doing that you're not doing and how you should better try to set up your car to be able to run the lines that Kyle Busch runs where he's letting off the gas, where his break points are, and all that and how racing against the best of the best is improving these guys so it makes it easier for them when they get into the cup level because they've already raced a bunch against the top-level guys. It You know, whatever side you fall on cup regulars in the Xfinity series, that's neither here nor there, but uh, lots of questions. And, and the fact that... Um, only four cup regulars are are in this uh, the race that the Xfinity race will now be run on Monday morning from Indianapolis. How that's kind of surprising. Uh, uh, you know, other news that well, obviously we had the uh, the Southern 500 last weekend, and uh, congrats to Brad Keselowski picking up his first win of the season. Uh, you had Joey Logano; he finished second. Kyle Larson. Finishes third. Actually, had a uh, a very a very good car, and um, you know it's hard to say this year is anything but been a, except the struggle for for Larson. The few times that he's had a, a dominant car and a very fast race car, things just don't play out for him, and he still doesn't pick up the win. So uh, it was good for him to get a, a top three finish. You had Harvick in fourth. That's no surprise there, you know, still having his, uh, his dominant season. Chase Elliott came in, in fifth. Uh, 
you know, it uh, Kurt Busch and then Kyle, they're six and seven. Eric Jones, Jamie McMurray in ninth, Hamlin in tenth. So it uh, not the most exciting race in, in my eyes. It, you know, it was good. I still, it kept me awake. I didn't take a mid-race nap like I have at a, a couple times during the season. But, uh, you know, it, it was okay. It was okay. Uh, on the Formula One side, they're off this week. Um, and But, you know, you had Lewis Hamilton win last weekend. Big shocker there. Um, you know, him and him and Vettel. It, uh, not a whole lot of, uh, you know, excitement there. You know how I f- feel about that. We've talked about that for the last few weeks. How, you know, to me that series is just, you know, when you only got two guys that are, are going head to head pretty much every week. It uh, it kind of becomes a snooze fest. They got Singapore, uh, the Grand Prix of Sing- Singapore on a Singapore street circuit. They got that coming up next weekend. Uh, IndyCar, uh, Takuma Sato picked up a uh, a nice win last week at the uh, Grand Prix of Portland. Ryan Hunter Ray, who was my pick to win, he comes in second. Sebastian Bourdais in third. Decent race, another kind of scary crash in turn two of that one. Uh, Andretti, you know, basically tipped his car over, and with um, after what happened to Robert Wickens, and uh, you know, anytime you you see uh, a crash that that looks like that, your heart kind of stops a little bit. And we'll get an injury update and everything like that on on Wickens. They put out a. Uh, a real long extended tweet about uh, the injuries that he suffered and what he's looking at in the future, the surgeries that he's had already, what kind of surgeries he still needs. You know, it's still kind of sketchy. The, the one thing that everybody's basically focused on is his back. And uh, they keep saying they still don't know the extent of the damage on his back. So, you know, that, uh, the way that this news has come out for me, it's kind of weird because it took a full week after the Pocono race for them to say he's finally breathing on his own. Well, there was no reports that I heard that that he was on a ventilator. So that kind of took me by surprise and, um, you know, definitely hit home on how <laughs> how serious his injuries are. You knew that they were serious. I didn't know that he was uh, he needed assistance in breathing and all that kind of stuff. And. We'll see when they finally, you know, come out, when the doctors figure out what's going on with his back and the situation there. Is he ever going to drive again? Uh, you know, what if he is, what is his recovery time? How long are we actually looking at? And uh, all that's going to be uh, obviously coming up in the, in the future, and uh, hopefully it's sooner rather than later. I know we're all uh, obviously hoping the best, and, and that uh, it's nothing but good news on the uh, Robert Wickens uh, front, but uh, but we shall see. So uh, qualifying canceled today. All track activity out at Indianapolis Motor Speedway canceled. Weather's just horrible. So Kyle Busch he's on the pole. Harvick he starts second. Truex, Kurt Busch they're three and four. Logano, Keselowski. Five and six, Larson, Boyer, seven, eight, Blaney, and Hamlin round out your top ten. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, so he's going to start 14th. You got Austin Dillon. He starts 18th. I'm going to have an interview with him coming up on this show next weekend. I'm going to interview him on Tuesday. 
So uh, stay, uh, stay, you know, keep an eye out for that. That'll get posted uh, on the Final Inspection uh, Facebook and Twitter pages. Look us up, like us on there, follow us. Steve Zaki does a fantastic job. Uh, he gets a lot of help from uh, from a lot of guys. Got a lot of great uh, photographs from from uh, Rich and and everybody else. And it uh, it tons of good racing. It's not just NASCAR. It's not just IndyCar. Uh, you know, you got current pictures, old pictures, all the, new, you know, latest news and everything's all up there. Make sure you go on there, search for us, give us a like and a follow and uh, and keep up to date with everything. So it, you know, we'll see it. Indianapolis. Fantastic, you know, racetrack, the history, everything it's got going for it. But as far as NASCAR, this is one of the most boring uh, races of the season. I. It's hard to to look back and and remember uh, a real memorable finish at Indy, and it just it's amazing how quick the Brickyard 400 lost its luster, and it's still considered one of the majors of the NASCAR season, and that's just got to be because of uh, the fact that it's Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but uh, it just it it just to me it doesn't deliver like it should, you know. Uh, for me, I would take this out when you're talking about NASCAR majors and and put like the Bristol Night Race, or put in um, you know Richmond or or one of those tracks that where the racing is exciting and it's door to door and they're beating and banging and those to me hold more luster you know have more luster have more cachet attached to them than just the fact that they're running at a historic track in a race where, you know, as much as I, I'll, I'll fight it, I'll probably have to, uh, you know, a nap will probably take place in the middle and I'll have to go back and watch it later that night. So we'll see. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully this race is fantastic. I hope that the weather holds out and they're able to get it in tomorrow. You know, you do not want to sit there this the fans don't really show up in droves at Indianapolis for NASCAR. And if they have to delay this thing to Monday, what would look on Sunday like a pretty empty track is going to look pretty much like a ghost town if they're running this thing on a Monday. So hopefully they can get it in because that, oh, Twitter, everybody is going to lose their mind if this thing is run on Monday saying, where the hell are the fans? And uh, and we'll see. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Mr. Steve Zaki, I'm going to try to pull him off the red carpet, put his uh, martini down with his pinky in the air and his you know plate of caviar and lobster, try to get him to come on the show and slum it for a few minutes with me. So we'll have Steve Zaki next coming up. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and, of course, our good friends over at David Hobbs Honda. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan.
Welcome back to the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I was able to reach Steve Zaki. He picked up his golden telephone, and he joins us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How about you guys? Oh, well, you know, we're not in uh, five-star accommodations like you are and red carpets and <laughs> lobster and steak and caviar and all that, but uh, we appreciate you slumming it with us for a little bit. Not a problem. It's always my pleasure to be on my own radio show. Absolutely. Absolutely. A <laughs> uh, lot of news uh, in the uh, NASCAR world this week. You got uh, Furniture Row shutting down. You got Casey Kane struggling with his health and out of the race car for this weekend and possibly a whole lot longer. Uh, what What's the first thing that, that caught your eye this week? Well, a couple of things. You know, the furniture row thing, we've been hearing rumors about that and rumblings. And, you know, with especially with Barney Visser, with his health and his, and his age notwithstanding, you know, it was it kind of you can understand him making that decision. And with five-hour five energy, uh, leaving the team, you know, okay, that even makes more sense. And then you also hear that the the – uh, direction, the engineering, what all, all the help they were getting from Joe Gibbs Racing, well, that, that comes with a price, and, and that price kept on going up and up and up and up. So, you know, you see, well, we lost our sponsor, and the price keeps going up. He says, well, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. So, and, that, and that's what, and it's interesting because now it looks like it, the parts of the 78 team are the Looks like the rumor is that they're going to go to the 19 car. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like Suarez is out and uh, Truex is going to be in. That's kind of what I took out of it, reading all the articles and all the information as it kept coming out and you started hearing more and more. It kind of sounds like like Gibbs kind of priced him out. And I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if that's intentional uh, you know, you remember when that whole uh, hubbub happened down on Pitt Road, and um, I, I can't—I I, want to say it was Truex's team, and I can't remember who he was going after, but there was a disagreement on Pitt Road between uh, Furniture Row and Gibbs, and basically they said, you know, check yourself, know who you're talking to. We're the boss. Mm-hmm. You guys are yep. the redheaded stepchild. And it kind of seems to me like the redhead, you know, like they just wanted to sit there and, and push Furniture Row out of the way. Exactly. And that's what it basically seems what happened. Yeah. Priced them out of existence. And, you know. Yeah, you wonder how much, well, and you also wonder how much Toyota, you know, what does Toyota think? And, you know, are they going to be, you know, they're they're down a very good car now. But it just seems like everybody uh, in racing, you know, whether it's NASCAR or else, is tightening their purse strings, aren't they? Yeah, they sure are. You know, it, you know, it's not a good thing when the defending series champion is losing major sponsors. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you can't sponsor a car that you know is going to end up in victory lane a whole lot during the season, 
you know, you got Jimmy Johnson, he's losing lows. It just seems like a, a mass exodus. And hopefully, hopefully it turns around real quick because there's going to be a lot more teams hurting. Yeah. Well, and the Casey Kane thing is very surprising, too, because we've heard, you know, when you, when you hear the press conference and then they show him, he goes, well, it kind of started last year at the Brickyard. Then they show video of him after the race at the Brickyard last year after he won. You're going, wow, okay, yeah, this kind of makes sense now. Because when I first heard it, I'm thinking, well, there's something more there. You know, heat exhaustion, come on. Well, it's not just heat exhaustion. There's something medically going on with him, and to be honest, they're not really sure what's going on yet. And I think it's going to be, it might be a while before they actually find out what's going on. And there could be a whole number of things. You know, I don't think he's on much medications. Who knows what he's taking? But, you know, does he, you know, what exactly needs to be done to, because it's not only it's his heat exhaustion, but he was talking about, you know, his, his heart rate. It increased so much. He's racing at Darlington. He's just trying not only to race a car on a, on a tough racetrack to be get, to begin with anyways, but he's trying to control his heart rate at the same time. Incredible yeah. thing to do. But, you know, you wonder, well, maybe in hindsight, you should have told the guys that, you know, he, he needs relief, which nowadays is tougher and tougher. In the old days, to get a relief driver... One guy gets out, another guy jumps in. It's no big deal. You look at the cars back in the day, you can see why. But nowadays, with these seats, everything is so tight. You know, you got to match up somebody the body type and everything, and that's yeah, that's really tough to do nowadays. Yeah, and it sounds like with what uh, Casey Kane has, you know, he's got he gets these elevated heart rates and everything like that, and. Uh, it's it affects his vision. He says he wasn't able to see all that well at certain parts during the Darlington race. Uh, he said that um, he gets dehydrated uh, very fast, which you know causes the I guess the heart rate to elevate and everything like that. And even though he's hydrating himself, getting ready for a long, grueling 501 miles in the Southern 500. Uh, and he was hydrating himself all week long. He just can't seem to keep the water in his body. So it sounds like it's going to be multiple weeks, that, and it could be the rest of the season, which he said he's retiring at the end of. We might have seen Casey Kane for the last time in a cup car. Do you think he's it done? Yeah, I think he is because uh, this, is a serious, this is a serious issue. And even if... If, if, if I'm NASCAR, he says, I'm ready to drive. Well, if I'm NASCAR, before I let him into a car, I want to know, okay, what's going on? Talk to the doctors, make sure it's a safe situation. Because you don't want somebody medically not cleared being in the car. So, Oh, yeah. NASCAR is going to have to run him through the entire battery of tests. Uh, because, you know, say something happens and he passes out driving at 180 miles an hour. Right. You know, it's not only dangerous for himself, it's dangerous for every single person at that track. So, yeah. Well, I you wonder, you know, and you wonder how long this has been going on. Because there's been times, there's been times where he's been, you know, you would see him get out of the car. And a couple of, a couple of my friends have noticed this too, where his, his hands are shaking when he got out of the car after the race. 
Yeah. And if you, you know, anybody, you know, yes, there was one time I was, I, I, I actually exercised, <laughs> would do stuff, <laughs> with you know, and, and, you know, you would, when you really, really push your body, yeah, things, you know, all sorts of involuntary things happen. And, you know, with, with the handshaking, you, you look back at that now and you go, hmm, I wonder if that started, you know, further back than, than what we thought. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point, you know, and uh, you, you do kind of wonder, especially, you know, Casey Kane has raced in some of the best equipment in the NASCAR garage, and I don't know how you uh, how you would grade his career. I, you know, I kind of think it was disappointing, um, but maybe this explains some of the reason why he wasn't, you know, con- uh, consistent every week racing in the top ten battling for wins it kind of makes you like you said it kind of makes you wonder when it all started but you know what he's gonna bank a lot more money than any of the newer drivers start drivers coming through now did oh absolutely yeah he was he was probably part of the last wave of you know big yep. earning drivers um you know coming through the sport because the new guys you kind of got to feel bad for them they're yeah, sort of. You know, they they got their <laughs> their legs knocked out from underneath them when it comes to the paydays. Sure. You know, it. Yeah, uh, that, you know, the guys like Matt Kenseth and them. Uh, yeah. And Casey Kane, and I mean, not we're not even talking about Jimmy Johnsons, but there was a time where, you know, even if if you had a ride in the Cup Series, you were going to be doing very well, even if you were a backmarker. Yeah, yeah. The field fillers made good livings, and. uh you know, you you could drive for a uh, a mediocre team, run middle of the pack, and uh, and still right. be able to afford your own private plane to fly you to. No, let's not feel sorry for Eric Jones and these guys coming in. These guys are doing quite well too, but it, it's it's not as big as you know. It's guys like uh, Casey Kane and and Matt Kenser were making you know double digit millions millions in NASCAR a year. So the, the, you know, the, these guys coming up now are, are going to be millionaires, but it's just going to take them a little bit longer. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I don't think any of them are setting up GoFundMe pages uh, to pay their mortgage. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't feel uh, that bad for them. But, you know, it's it's like that in a lot of industries. The music industry is the same way. You know, back when bands used to actually make money on selling CDs, and now they have to right. tour you know, uh, two, exactly. two, three years at a time because going out on the road is the only time they make cash. So, exactly. you know, it's just industry changing. So it, uh, we'll see. But uh, you got time. You're, uh, can you make your fan club wait another 10 or 15 minutes for uh, another more, segment? All right. Fantastic. We'll have more with Steve Zaki coming right up. After this short break, you're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan brought to you, of course, 
by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. And uh, beautiful day for racing. The weather's cooled off. It's going to be... Uh, that's going to be fun. Make sure you check out great, greatlakesdragaway.com. Get all the latest info on everything they got going on out there. Uh, get out there yourselves. Hopefully, we're trying to work on getting our uh, our outing up there rescheduled. It was supposed to be the Saturday of Labor Day weekend, but that got washed out because Mother Nature hates us. So hopefully, we're going to get that rescheduled here coming up later this month. Stay tuned to... Uh, final inspection facebook page the show the twitter page and you'll get all the latest information on that as well and of course david hobbs honda get out to glendale david hobbs honda got great deals going on every day down there for a new car used car any any kind of car they've got it get down to david hobbs honda Heading back out to the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Steve Zaki, welcome back to your own show. All right, thank you. So uh, I was talked about a little bit in the uh, in the opening segment here about how it would be just an absolute disaster if the race tomorrow got washed out because NASCAR doesn't draw well at Indianapolis, to put it lightly uh in the first place and if this race gets pushed back to monday or say the weather's bad there on monday and now you're talking tuesday it is going to look like a complete ghost town well it was unfortunately it was gonna anyways yeah but it'll be a hundred times worse than what it was gonna look like well it was interesting on thursday in indianapolis star posted a story about saying basically saying hey the indianapolis motor speedway is crying really hard but this is a nascar problem and i I don't ever recall a newspaper or a story like that ever appearing you know in in a couple days before a race um i thought it was interesting that you know the the, the blame they, they they were saying hey the the attendance is going to look really bad and everything but don't blame the track because they're trying really hard you know the, the doug bowles and his crew have, has done a great job turning around the indianapolis 500 boosting attendance there and everything else but yeah the the, the brickyard 400 is, is certainly it's been a tough draw the last few years and you know they've had a lot of things going against it one thing was scheduling you know it's been brutally hot there last few years you know typical indiana summer moving it to this weekend was supposed to help that and it 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 is cooler (laughs) yeah they got that going (laughs) but i mean when was the last time i can't remember it's been a while since well and we we had it up here last weekend I was telling you know my wife Susan. I said I don't remember last time a Labor Day weekend. All three days have been washed out like it was. And right. Now, you know Indianapolis is going through that this weekend. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it is weird that uh, that a newspaper is kind of trashing the series that's coming to town. Uh, most of the times they're ca- trying to prop it up and promote the race and promote the sport of auto racing in general. So it is kind of, uh, it is very surprising for uh, for the talk to be uh, putting the blame square on the series well, there's, that's there's heading to a, town. 
you know, I, I'm down there a lot, and there's a lot of guys that are kind of ripping on the star because they were the, you know, they're hat in hand with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. They don't give enough props to the other, you know, the other tracks around the area, especially IRP and whatnot with the drag strip and the U.S. Nationals that were there last weekend. But that being said, you know, I just thought it was unprecedented. I never saw a story like that in a, in a major paper like that. So do you think that it's more of the Indianapolis Star trying to just, you know, kind of clickbait type thing, trying to get people just to, to get riled yeah, up and, and buy the paper? Or do you think it's more of Indianapolis Motor Speedway kind of sitting on there from their high horse looking down at everybody saying, you know, grovel to us? Well, I thought it was, I mean, it was definitely, I don't want to call it a fluff, a fluff piece, but it was interesting that it was so far. It, I, I thought if I thought it was if you're a NASCAR, if you're working at Daytona Beach, you're looking at this and you want to hang that kid that wrote that wrote that letter, <laughs> wrote that article because it, I mean it really may put them in a bad bad light. Um, you know, is it factual? I, I I guess, but you know, there's been a lot of criticism of of NASCAR lately. But I, I just never saw a, an article written like that before. Yeah, it is kind of kind of easy to pile on, uh, you know, when all the news that's been coming out of NASCAR is declining ratings and retiring stars and sponsors leaving. There's not a whole lot of, you know, hey, look over here. This is good. And, uh, you know, some of the races lately have been uh, not as exciting as well, which I think just adds to it and makes it more likely that people are just going to keep trashing on a series. Right. You know, it's, you know, we, we, we try and be honest on this show, but it's, I always say that you and I, and Dennis Michelson, and other people that have, that have appeared on the show, we're very critical of NASCAR because, well, we were big, huge fans of NASCAR and still are, but we don't want to, we, we'd like to see the way things were a bit, you know. We don't particularly like the direction it's been going of late, and especially with this, uh, with this envious, envious uh, draw to football that they have of late, it seems like, trying to, you know, using all these sports terms and trying to just turn it into uh, a quote-unquote stick-and-ball sport, you know, it leaves us, the racing fans, just say, hey, why can't NASCAR just be NASCAR, just have stock car race and leave it at that? Well, yeah, and it seems like uh, in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, they completely took stock out of stock car. I want to say it was Michael Waltrip that had that tweet as well saying, you know, you're trying to figure out all these different ways to fix all these kind of made-up problems, put the stock back in stock cars, and make it more affordable for the teams, and it won't be – you won't have teams in so much financial trouble all the time where you're only well, going to here's, ha- here's, here's a Here's a shocking stat. I'm glad you brought that up. That was brought out over the last couple of weeks. They were in, Roger Penske was discussing the cost of motorsports and whatnot. And he said it costs more to operate one cup team on a weekend than it does all three of his IndyCar teams. 
That's insane. And I, I was shocked when I heard that. Because in the past, there was a time in the late 80s when, when Kart and IndyCar and Indy 500 was number one and NASCAR was, it was you know, on the common that where, you know, you always would hear NASCAR people saying, well, here's the deal. We're cheaper. We, we control our costs, unlike IndyCar and other in Formula One. And our drivers don't have to pay for their rides. And it's not like that anymore. Yeah. But, and, but and, Steve, how could that be true? Because you've got NASCAR mandating these pit guns that's supposed to save the team's yeah, money. Right. You've got NASCAR taking off, which, you know, thank God they did this, taking off and not letting you run a windshield wiper on a road course car. Uh, that's got to save money. That wiper's got to cost a good 15, 20 bucks. You know, so I don't understand how that could possibly be true. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, and and just, you just kind of scratch your head some of the decisions that are made. You know, it's, it's, it's frustrating. You know, it is certainly, in, in some ways, it, it's the greatest time to be a race fan from the coverage. Uh, we'll talk about more about this later in the show about the uh, midget race. I was held at the Speedway on Wednesday and Thursday, you know, and that way there's so much access to smaller events or pay-per-view and whatnot. And, and uh, the, the the television coverage of that, it's almost like you're there. And, but in some other ways, you know, that, you know, racing, you know, you just kind of shake your head at what, some of the decisions you know that are made nowadays and you you feel bad for these kids coming up who weren't able to see you know the old style racing the the you know some of the things the way they were especially when it comes to access to the pit areas or access to the teams and whatnot like yeah or cars that actually look like the cars on the road themselves instead of something that looks nothing like what's on the road so you know, right. there's a lot. And then what also, you know, it was such a tease when you hear about the France family possibly trying to sell NASCAR. And I know I got super excited about it. There's, you know, it was kind of two camps on that as well. There was me and my side saying, oh, thank God, finally dump NASCAR, get it away from the France family. Let's turn this around to actually fix the actual problems instead of fixing ghost problems and let's make this series better. And then you got the other, uh, the other side of that. Well, well, change scares me. So let's just keep, uh, keep doing what we're doing and, you know, leave it in the France family's hands. And you haven't heard anything about that sale. And even after the DUI and the pills arrest, you still haven't heard anything about the sale. So that was just, no. to me, it was such a tease. It got me excited. I thought that, you know, <laughs> things were going to switch. Things were going to turn around. The sunshine and rainbows are just on the horizon. And now all of a sudden, it's like, you know, there's, you got, it's just, it's like an old west ghost town. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, there's, there's certainly, there, there, there's certain, certainly, uh, there, there seems to be an aloofness uh, in Daytona and uh, NASCAR these days. So, um, you know, you just kind of wonder. 
I, I still say it all. It all depends on that TV contract, the, the next TV contract in regards if they keep the series or sell it. Uh, well, that next you know? TV contract, they're going to take a just an absolute beating on. You know, oh, you, and and you wonder about the other sports too. The NBA is is just feasting, and the M- NBA is the 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 the, the hip hop kid right now in, in the world of sports. They have everything going for it. They really seem to embrace social media, just the activation of, of the whole league. The TV contract is, is fantastic. And it, it's, the, you know, everybody's getting rich off the NBA. And it'll be interesting to see when that contract, how does that affect the NBA? You know, it, it's, it's everything is rosy for a lot of these sports, but that's because of the TV contracts and TV is so, so big right now. Yeah. Or they're, you know, for, for the money coming in. But as we can see, media is evolving and more and more, you know, here, you know, you can watch, uh, you know, the brewers on, on, on Facebook a couple of times a year. That's just, that's just a brief glimpse into the future. And how how are we going to be able to watch the races? You know, you know, the Daytona 500, the World Series, the finals, all that stuff's going to be on regular TV. But what's going to be interesting is how are we going to see a race at Richmond, NASCAR race or an IndyCar race or, or like the Brewers and the Twins? Was that going to be on Facebook or how? I mean, how are we going to be able to access that? It's going to be really interesting over the next you know five to ten years how the business of sports evolves and and you know if you don't have good leadership you could be on the outside looking in and that's going to be interesting to see well, I mean this is going to be very interesting to see how, how NASCAR navigates through this minefield coming up yeah I agree all right we only got a couple minutes before we got to go to break here Steve so whenever they finally get this Indianapolis race in hopefully tomorrow hopefully not on Monday but whenever they get this race in Last race before the NASCAR playoff start. How excited are you? Uh oh. <laughs> you know, I, I always, you know, I, I, I don't talk about this with with you know your buddies and that. Mm-hmm. And my here here's here's what my circle of friends and and people I know and social media is talking about football fantasy football yeah. a lot of people were talking about that midget race which was we'll talk about next hour um the, the usual stuff and nobody's <laughs> not hearing anything about saying oh i wonder if you know so-and-so is going to be in the nascar playoffs it's it, it's i i got no buzz off of it i'm not hearing anything nobody seems to be really concerned about who's going to make it and who's not so well, we kind of run in the same circles on that point because I haven't heard I, I, anything I'm, about it either. I'm I'm an agnostic on, uh, when it comes to NASCAR playoffs. I don't really hate it. I don't really love it. I'm just kind of, you know, eh. It's kind of meh. Yeah, this is the one season where, because I am not a big fan of the entire year comes down to freaking Miami, okay, and one race – and who finishes uh, higher. I I don't like that aspect of it, except this season, because you've got the three-headed monster 
with Bush and Truex and Harvick. Right. That is going to be but, one hell of but, a show. What if NASCAR slits its own throat because of this? And let's say for some some weird stuff starts happening in some of these races, let's say at Talladega, you know, Texas, where you can have some weird stuff happening and some upsets, and one of two or three don't make it. And we get somebody, you know, somebody, let, let, let's just leave it to this, an undeserving champion. Austin Dillon. <laughs> Joey Logano. <laughs> you know. Uh, what happens when that happens? It's one thing with the other sports where you had somebody kind of surprising, like the 2010 Packers. You know, we'll, you thought at the first of the year, well, okay, you know, good team. But, you know, and, and when you have a surprise team, you know, you can kind of see it coming. You know, like the 99 Rams, uh, you know, but you know teams that are building up like the Cubs a couple of years ago. You know the Cubs are building this team, and it's not a surprise that they won or – the Indians or the Astros last year, you know, you could see them coming. But when was the last time we really had this, well, day one? You know, I'm trying to think of who. Maybe the Capitals last year in the NHL. I don't know. But, um, you know, it would be interesting to see if that happens, what the reaction is. Yeah. You know, to the fans, if somebody, let's say Austin Dillon, just gets hot at the right time the last three or four races. Boom, he gets in. Yeah, I know. You know. I know. I hear you. I hear you. All right, Steve. Well, uh, you're going to be available to get uh, for the next hour? I'll be more than honored to talk to the oh, Thanks, brother. All right, we'll get more from Steve Zaki coming up in the next hour. He joined us on a Great Midwest Bank hotline. Start your renovation journey with a simple and convenient pre-approval from Great Midwest Bank dedicated to providing perfectly personalized home loans to those right here in our communities since the great year of 1935. When we come back here on the final inspection show, we'll hear from Lori Monroe, and we will go one lap down. This is One Lap Down for the week of September the 3rd. I'm Lori Monroe, and here's what's making news right now. By now, many of you have heard that Furniture Row Racing will shut its doors at the end of the 2018 season, leaving employees, including Martin Truex Jr., looking for other opportunities. Speculation is being made that Truex Jr. and his crew chief, Cole Pern, have agreed to move to Joe Gibbs Racing next year, replacing Daniel Suarez in the 19 car. Nothing has been confirmed by either organization, and the situation continues to unfold. Kevin Harvick is calling it quits. When it comes to the Xfinity Series, that is, after 346 starts and 47 wins, the Stuart Haas driver is turning his attention fully to his Monster Energy Cup career. Rockingham Speedway has been sold to a group of investors from Raleigh, North Carolina. The buyer, Rockingham Properties LLC, says that auto racing will be a part of the facility's future, which will be known as Rock Entertainment Complex and modeled on the Electric Daisy Carnival in Las Vegas, which was also built around an old speedway. It makes home to weekends of music, art, and carnival rides. It's unknown if NASCAR racing will be a part of the venue. In Innovators versus NASCAR this week, Kyle Larson's number 42 cup car suffered a lug nut infraction in post-race inspection at Darlington. Crew chief Chad Johnston was fined $10,000. Still with Darlington, but the Xfinity Series, 
Brandon Jones number 19 car failed pre-race inspection several times and the team has been penalized with the loss of 10 driver and 10 owner points. In Pinty Series news, after a week off, the NASCAR Pinty Series heads to Autodrome St. Eustache in Quebec this Saturday night. And in ARCA, they have a first-time winner last weekend at DeCoin with Logan Seavey driving to victory lane in his Venturini Motorsports number 20 Toyota. Seavey is the current USAC P1 Insurance National Midget Series points leader with a ton of dirt track experience that he used to his advantage at the historic DuCoin track. Will Kimmel had a career best second finish place with Riley Herbst in third. Next up for the Arca Series is the Shore Lunch 200 at Lucas Oil Raceway on September the 7th. In birthdays this week, happy birthday goes out to Donnie Allison, Felix Sabatis, Jerry Nadu, and Jeff Hammond. And if it's your birthday this week, I hope it's a great one. Indianapolis Motor Speedway is home this weekend for the Xfinity and Cup Series, kicking off Saturday afternoon for the Lily Diabetes 250 Xfinity race. Start time is 3 p.m. Eastern, and Sunday's Cup race will kick off with Big Machine Records singer-songwriter Carly Pierce doing the anthem ahead of the Big Machine Vodka 400 at the Brickyard with Green Flag dropping around 2 p.m. Eastern. You can watch both of these races on NBCSN. Weather this week is brought to you by RaceWeather.net. And thanks to the remnants of Tropical Storm Gordon tracking across Indiana, this weekend's events at Indianapolis are pretty sketchy to say the least. Rainfall totals of 2 to 4 inches are expected this weekend with rain predicted during both Xfinity and Cup races on Saturday and Sunday. Best keep a close eye on the forecast because the experts at raceweather.net are hinting at the possibility of Monday being a better chance for clear skies. You can follow along with their up-to-date forecasts at raceweather.net. In social media madness this week, Dale Jr. sent this out via several methods, including a video on Instagram. Someone apparently contacted Brad Parrott at Darlington, who then contacted Dale Jr. because he wanted to give him a RCR number three pit sign that had been stolen back in 1984. Apparently it changed hands several times, was bought and sold, and the current owner thought Dale Jr. might like it for his collection, and he sure did. Clint Boyer's Twitter account, he tweeted out, What the hell have they done to the Weather Channel app? It's three things, people. How bad is it going to blister my arse? Is it going to blow me away? Do I need to wait to cut hay? That's simple. Yeah, I hear you. That's one lap down with Lori Monroe for this week. I hope you enjoy the races this weekend, if Mother Nature cooperates. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki.
Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Get out there. It is such a gorgeous day outside. Perfect day for racing. It is also a perfect day to head out to Glendale and go check out David Hobbs Honda. New car, used car, doesn't matter. Great deals going on all the time at David Hobbs Honda. Get down there, pick up a new car, drive it to Union Grove, and put that bad boy on the track. Does it get any better than that? They also got great food down there at Great Lakes. So head down there as well. Uh, we're Like I said uh, in the first hour, we're trying to reschedule our appearance down there. Still working out uh, the uh, the final particulars on there. Hopefully it'll be uh, in a week or two. But uh, stay tuned. Check out the uh, final inspection show on Facebook and on Twitter. Keep up to date with everything. Steve Zaki does one heck of a job uh, with the pictures and the articles and all the latest breaking news and everything like that. So make sure you like us and follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Let's head back out to the Great Midwest Bank hotline. He was just on not long ago. We miss him already. Steve Zaki. Steve, what's changed in the last 15 minutes, my friend? I'm now in a car. Okay. All I'm right. I'm driving north. Just a few minutes here. And uh, what, what, what number you got painted on the side of your car? <laughs> None. <laughs> None. Okay. Yeah, probably don't want to mess up the paint job of that uh, that Bentley that you're driving, huh? Yeah, no, no. It's it's a nice vehicle though. It's roomy. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. So yeah. You hear bells and whistles and seatbelt alarms. That's why. Well, buckle up for safety, Steve. So my kids laugh at me all the time because I'm always screaming at them to buckle, and I don't. But uh, <laughs> I am not a role model, so. Make sure you buckle your seatbelt. <laughs> so did you did you see the uh, the BC thirty nine midget race at the Speedway? I did not. I did not. But I heard it in everything I read. It was a pretty neat deal. It was a quarter mile dirt track that the Speedway put in roughly just inside turn three at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And you really get to see how big that track is when you see this little tiny quarter mile track. But it was uh, quite, a, quite, you know, it's like it, it looks smaller than a quarter mile. But once you once you put the cars on it, it was a fan, very, very racy track, very, very uh, fun event over uh, Wednesday and Thursday evening. It was pretty neat. So. I think it's fantastic how they're making it easier with the pay-per-views and everything like that to follow along on these smaller tracks. Obviously, Indianapolis yep. carries its own cachet and all that. But, you know, you can pretty much get pay-per-views for different series almost every single week. Right. And it, it really is. It, it's the, the coverage, uh, I think it was Speed Shift TV who covered it, did a really neat job. Now they they just pump in the PA guys, you know. But they have multiple cameras, and they had a camera guy uh, on the inside, uh, you know, doing interviews, interviewing the heat heat race winners and whatnot. Uh, you know, just very very professional and 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 high def too, you know. So the coverage it looked really really good. 
the lighting was very good at the track. And then um, what was, you know, what was neat about it was, well, how this I think is really, really good for the sport is that it helps bring people who haven't been to the Speedway, that's one of the reasons why they did it, to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It got them to that track, and then uh, so some of the short track people, and then it also got some of the people who are very eccentric to just going to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, getting them to basically a short track. So, you know, I think it's a win-win because, I, you know, it's been a subject on, on, on the show that we've had where we've been, uh, the world of motorsports have been very fractured. You know, you have your drag racing guys, they only follow drag racing. Your IndyCar guys, they only follow IndyCar, even, you know, somewhat. You get some crossover between that and F1, but then you have your stock car guys that only follow stock car racing. I'm even seeing guys that are like these late model dirt guys, That's and they have no interest in NASCAR. So it's very interesting how, you know, so fractured. And I know you and I were brought up in a world in which we didn't care what it was. If there were cars racing, whether it was on a drag strip, a dirt track, a road course, or an oval, we were going to go out there and take a look at it. Oh, absolutely. And that it kind of makes me miss one of the things with uh, that four-letter network, you know, getting so big and getting, you know, uh, Major League Baseball and football and all those games on is that, you know, those late 1, 2 a.m., drag boat racing and hydroplane boat racing you know you can throw a 95 year old on a hover round and put her in a race and i'll watch it so you know i I miss that that stuff's getting a lot harder to find but it is a good thing for auto sports to have this i know that eldora i think they have i i want to say they kind of run their own pay-per-view where you can get it on their website and watch like pretty much every race that they run at Eldora. So, you know, I think more and more tracks are going to start this, and this is what's going to help build the grassroots. It's going to get the kids into racing. You know, uh, hopefully the parents are are watching it along with little Johnny and little Timmy and little Steve Zockies out there watching racing and everything like that, whether, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll it'll inspire them to get out to the track more. But even if they can't get out to the track, at least they're watching it, and the track's benefiting it uh, from it. The drivers are going to benefit from it. Increased purses at the smaller tracks. It's it's a win-win for everybody across racing. And we'd be remiss not to mention that uh, one of the, the things that this event brought to the forefront was the, the Driven to Save Lives organization, which for organ donors, which is a really uh, pretty neat deal. Um, you know, when Brian Clawson passed away, you know, he, his organs uh, helped save five people's lives. So, uh, you know, from a horrible situation to a situation there's five people that are, you know, healthy because of Brian Clawson, it, it kind of puts things in perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, fantastic uh Fantastic thing to to bring awareness to it. I'm an organ donor, even though I have a feeling nobody wants any of mine. You know, they've uh, they've been all been put through the ringer. But uh, but yeah, I still uh, I still am on on for donating if anybody wants a fingernail or something like that. How about you, Steve? You an organ donor? 
I am not, but I should put in uh, put the sticker on. So, but I'm, I think I'm in the same way. I don't know why anybody would want my organ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's been a little damage over the years, but uh, <laughs> so it goes. So it goes. But yeah, no, it, uh, it it's it's good that uh, you know. It's funny, you know. We're talking about the the midget race at uh, at Indianapolis. Um, Bob Potter, yeah, no, Jeff Gluck on Twitter yesterday said that I want to say seven out of his last 10 highest clicked articles or, you know, four out of his last five. I forgot the exact number. You know, you got to cut me some slack on Polish. But they were all about dirt track racing. And he's a guy that writes primarily about NASCAR he, he did cover the IndyCar race at Portland last weekend, and he'll cover, uh, I want to say, did the F1 race in Austin last year. So he'll, he'll check out different types of racing, but he's primarily a NASCAR guy. And for him to come out and say that, you know, four out of five or seven out of the last ten highest uh, clicked articles and, you know, best uh, – performing articles if you want to call it like that mm-hmm. were on dirt tracks i i thought that was uh that was incredible yeah and in many ways the the, the dirt track uh is the dirt track nation if you want to call it that as has, has greatly greatly improved and i think a lot of the promoters have kind of understood now that hey we're in the entertainment business you know, so many, I can't tell you how many times I mentioned this in the show, too. You know, in the past where, you know, it's 930 and they're still running heat races because they started uh, qualifying and hot laps were late and they couldn't get the track prepped right. And then there's these long gaps in the schedule where they're trying to pump up their concession stands and whatnot. And next thing you know, it's 1230 and they're just pushing off the feature. You know, that's not a way to run a, a short track. And, you know, we've had Steve Beitler, who got inducted into the uh, Sprint Car Hall of Fame earlier this year, who runs a Skagit Speedway up in Washington State, as well as a couple other tracks. And, and to listen to him and, and how competitive he is and tries to be in that market and, and, and going up for the entertainment dollar, you know, they they, 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 they all say, you know, your your wife will let you take you to the racetrack once, but she's gonna decide if you return. And that's I mean, no truer words are not they're not mentioned. If she's not gonna have a good time there, you're not gonna go back and and if the kids if the kids are out there for six hours and there's all these gaps and they they're just sitting in the stands and you know, they're they're not gonna be race fans when they grow up, you know. Yeah, you, know, you gotta. Have, it has to be entertaining. It has to be fun, especially uh, when we were kids. You know, we didn't have all the distractions the kids have now with Facebook, social media. You know, all the all the games, Xbox, whatnot, PlayStation. You know, there's so many distractions for kids nowadays. And and you know, watching a couple cars going around or a single car going around for qualifying isn't gonna cut it. Yeah, I agree with you, and I I can't remember the last time I went to a dirt track, and I've I've been to I want to say at least five different ones this uh, this year alone, and n- not one of them has started on time. 
Uh, yeah. and, and it's not just the dirt tracks. When I went out uh, to Slinger, they started late, and they had that place was packed. I think they sold it out that night, and it was supposed to start, and they come over the loudspeakers. Oh, yeah, we got a line of people waiting to get in. We're going to hold off for 15, 20 minutes. Well, then maybe they should have got here a little earlier. Like the, yeah. you know, I had to wait with my kids in that line, and I'm in my seat on time. So, you know, it happens everywhere, and it is, uh, it is a problem. I was getting texts from my wife because I had my three kids out there. Uh, are you guys on your way home? Are you, why aren't you here yet? And racing's still going on. You know, yep. hang on, we're still here, and all that, and. Uh, you know, there's there's definitely some some things that they still need to figure out, but the momentum with the dirt tracks and with the small, uh, you know, concrete and paved tracks, that seems to be growing very rapidly. While at the same time, NASCAR is declining. So hopefully yeah. they uh, they help each other out, balance each other out, and everything like that, and and we'll see. But uh, all right, we got to take a break, Steve. You stick around one more segment here. Yeah, we got some IndyCar news we can go over. Some uh, pretty exciting news for some younger drivers coming up uh, through the ranks in IndyCars, and we're going to get a chance to see them uh, next week. So stay tuned. Is that good news? Did, did I get a ride? <laughs> you couldn't fit in one, much less me in a modern <laughs> IndyCar. You got that right. Hang on, Steve. <laughs> we'll have more from Steve Zaki coming up. After this short break, you're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan brought to you by our good friends at Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Beautiful day to get out there and watch some awesome racing. Smell the gas and the rubber. And our good friends over at David Hobbs Honda as well. Go get yourself and you know, if you're in the market, new, used, Honda, not a Honda, it doesn't matter. They can hook you up. They got great deals going on every day over at David Hobbs Honda. So now let's head back out to the Great Midwest Bank hotline, bring back in uh, Steve Zaki. He said he's got some uh, some breaking IndyCar news, but unfortunately it's not me getting a car. So, you know, I, I had my hopes up, Steve. I thought you were going to make my weekend, but I guess not. Well, I also want to mention next week, uh, not only great stuff happening at Great Lakes Dragway, of course, but also up at Road America, too. Their, their kind of final public big event of the year, and that's the Aaron's Art on Wheels weekend uh, featuring the uh, VSCDA uh, Elkhart Lake Vintage Festival. Uh, it's not as big as the event in July, but it's kind of about, it's comparable to the one that, to the SVRA one in uh, May. It's a smaller event, but uh, a little, little more intimate, we'll call it. It's a great way to see some vintage race cars up once again at Road America. And then on Saturday, uh, they also have a concourse 
uh, in town. So it's a pretty neat, neat event to, uh, you know, see some vintage race, listen to the show on the way up to the, uh, see some vintage racing. And then uh, later that afternoon, a nice concourse in wonderful downtown Elkhart Lake. Well, any day at Road America is a good day in my book. It's 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 a wonderful area. That's why it's a vacation destination, isn't it? Yeah, you're gonna be out there. If anybody goes up there, like on Friday, they're gonna be able to uh, find you. That and is one event that yeah, I might be. The last time I was up there was a couple of years ago. And that was uh, some listeners may remember. I got into an accident on the way to the show. Uh, Sparky was hosting and. Uh, Ended up in the hospital. I got discharged and said, huh, let's head up to Elkhart Lake. So a very concussed uh, Steve Zaki drove with his wife uh, up to uh, Elkhart Lake for the concourse. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I would like to see you concussed. I mean, did I say that out loud? <laughs> when you were t- telling that story, I thought you were going to say Sparky was driving and he was the one that got in the accident. But <laughs> That was you, huh? So that was me. Hard to believe. Yeah. That must have been the one time in the last 15 years he didn't have a police escort. <laughs> so what? Uh, what's hey, going uh, on in IndyCar? Yeah, Harding, Harding Racing, which has been a uh, interesting, uh, had an interesting 2018 season, of course, with uh, Gabby Chavez uh, running a few events through Indianata, and then uh, stepping back with Connor Daly, having him drive a few events, and then Gabby Chavez back. Uh, for the last couple events. Well, next week at Sonoma, they're actually going to expand to a two-car team, and they're going to have uh, Patricio Ward, also known as Pat Ward, and Colton Herta, who's been the, uh, those two have been the talk of the Indy Light Series. They're actually going to make their IndyCar debut next week at Sonoma. It'll be really interesting to see how this votes for 2019, because there's a lot of moving parts uh, for the 2019 silly season in IndyCar, of course, the main, uh, definitely not a pawn, but a, a king, and that would be uh, Fernando Alonso, just where exactly he ends up. The speculation is, is him and a component of McLaren is going to end up in the IndyCar series, most likely with Andretti Racing. Now, Andretti Racing is, is full up with drivers, so where does that and plus they have options with some other drivers, and Patricio Ward and Colton Hurd are the two hot drivers right now uh, and are ready to come into the series. So how exactly everything fits remains to be seen, but Harding Racing has also been talked about uh, over the last few uh, weeks about becoming maybe a possibly like a, an ancillary team of Andretti uh, Autosport. Now, it's interesting seen is has some cash issues uh they want to remain in the series but uh but kind of maybe merge with another team so it'll be interesting to see just exactly how this works out where colton herda ends up and this is most definitely a uh a tryout for both of them and you know we'll see where they where they end up if they're going to end up with entretti does uh one or both of them end up at Harding with an affiliation with Andretti. And if Alonso goes to Andretti, then does one of the guys at Andretti now head over to Harding? You know, and there was uh, some talk that Marco Andretti might have been one 
So maybe have Marco Andretti and let's say Colton Herta at the Harding team. Well, that that has kind of calmed down over the last few weeks. They're saying that you know Marco Andretti is going to stay where he's at. So where exactly all these dominoes are going to fall, it'll be interesting to see where who goes where. So it should be an interesting off season. And who knows, maybe something we'll start to see something uh, next weekend at Sonoma. Some uh, some announcements may be made. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. And this uh, going to kind of be a uh, memorable uh, race, the the IndyCar finale at Sonoma, because this is might be the last time they race out there, right? Yeah, yeah. With the uh, series moving over to Laguna Seca, which is kind of a for fans a, a different venue i think they for in, in indy's point of view they usually do most of their media stuff in san francisco a couple of years ago they did that gold they had the five indy cars go five abreast off the across the golden gate bridge so they kind of use uh san francisco as their base of media operations then they have to move you know uh, an hour or so you know away from san francisco to sonoma I think with uh, moving to Monterey, they kind of like being closer to that San Francisco, Northern California market. Kind of makes sense for them. And the Sonoma race is not not one of their better uh, for crowds. So, and, and you know, and IndyCar is kind of like you know, hey, we're kind of you know, we're, we've been making some hay the last couple of years. We got a good event at the Gateway. Portland was wildly successful. You know, Long Beach is strong. Of course, Indianapolis is strong. So they're kind of tweaking their schedule and trying to make it stronger. Yeah, yeah, well, that sounds good. That sounds good. How how surprised were you that uh, Takuma Sato parked it in Victory Lane last week? Um, well, it's interesting. I picked his teammate to win. So, <laughs> you know, I was thinking, you know, Graham Rahal might be the guy – who would uh, end up at Victory Lane before Sato? Just because that's a, it, you know, they expanded from one car to a two car team this year. But you know, with strategy and whatnot, you know, and Takuma is still a darn good driver, uh, even at what 41 years old, and you know, impressive. And now he's won, you know, on a temporary circuit. Of course, the Indianapolis 500 last year, and now a permanent road course. So he's won. You know, he's won on each type of uh, circuit on the IndyCar series. Yeah, yeah, he's been getting it done. And uh, I was a little you know, just... interesting. You know, and of course, he won Long Beach with AJ Floyd Race in 2013. It's interesting that, you know, when he left, it was kind of a, you know, he wasn't fired. And he didn't fire, you know, they just agreed to kind of separate. And they. it was a very amicable you know, splitting, you know, of, of them when he left AJ Foyt Racing. And, you know, talking to some of the people at the Foyt, at Foyt Racing and that, they, they, they speak yeah, uh, very highly at Tukuma. They, they, they loved him. You know, he's just such a professional driver. And he was on Dinner, the Dinner with Racers podcast. And it's a very interesting, uh, uh, very interesting interview that they had with him, Sean and uh, Ryan. Um, and if if you have some time, like I said, it's the official podcast of the uh, final inspection show for racing stuff is dinner with racers because uh, there's some interesting conversations. 
Yeah, he's a yeah, Sato. He's very interesting guy, and uh, he's got one of the great accents in racing. That hybrid Japanese English accent is just so cool. Yeah. Uh so what I can't wrap my head around is that you know next week IndyCar at Sonoma. That's that's the season finale. Doesn't it seem early? Yeah, that's that was the. Uh, the, the, the famous uh, Boston marketing firm that looked at the world of IndyCar said, don't go up against the NFL. And, you know, we see what NASCAR does seem to get lost uh, against football, and they're trying everything to, to keep relevant. But of, of of fans out there that say, hey, you know, not every sports fan is a football fan, and there's a there's still a sizable base out there that are just racing fans. And and if they would have just kind of, I always said you you gotta you gotta energize that base. And and NASCAR kind of has, has lost their base, and that's I think that's why they're in such trouble. And we saw that with IndyCar after the split in 1996. They you know, they PO'd a lot of people, including their base, and they've been working very, very hard to get that back. I was mentioned the NHL as a, as a, you know, as a segue, as the NHL is having issues after their work stoppages and whatnot and labor issues that they had in the early 2000s, and, and they worked very hard to re-energize that base, which they have. So that's something NASCAR has to work on. But, you know, football, you know, not only the NFL, but also college football is just really big in this country. But you got to fight for, uh, you know, fight for your little highlights at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, you know, I, I understand the reasoning, and you don't want to go up against the big, the big elephant in the room with the NFL. But uh, it just seems, you know, we're we're barely into September here, and uh, you know. Next weekend, obviously, we'll be midway through and they're done, and NASCAR still has 10 more weeks to go. It just seems like it's too early for the season to be over. But on the on the well, flip side, it seems like a perfect example on why NASCAR, you know, I know that the they always want to run on Sundays because of the audience, and that's the most watched TV day of the week. Right. But if you can sit there and run on Wednesday nights, that way you're not going up against any any football at all. You're not taking anything away running Friday or Saturday nights. You're not competing with college football, and you're not taking anything away from the small tracks that uh, that run on, on Friday and Saturday nights. You put it on a Wednesday night in, in prime time and see what it does. Mm-hmm. So, but they're not. You might see that someday. I hope so, but, you know, unfortunately, as of yet, they're not paying me for my opinion. So, <laughs> I'm shocked too, Steve. Someday, kid. Someday. <laughs> we can hope. We can hope. All right. So NASCAR at Indianapolis, you know, always just such a, uh, a edge of your seat uh, snooze fest uh, year after year. So when they finally get this race in, Steve, uh, who are you going to be uh, sleeping when they cross the finish line first? Wow, that's a good question. I think I think Mother Nature. Well, it's yeah, the winner. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, like I said, they moved it up an hour. So if you've got your DVR set already for tomorrow, it's not starting at one. It's starting at noon. 
So adjust your DVR. Yeah, this is such a thing. Nobody's turned a lap. I mean, it's not like, oh, we got some practice in and they cancel qualifying and we might raise. Nothing. It's a... It's a compact schedule to begin with. With it was supposed to be extended yesterday, and then qualified this morning, and then they race, and then you know qualifying, you know, cup practice, and then race on Sunday. And there's been nothing. Yeah, it's everything's been canceled. Arca race at uh, Lucas Oil Raceway was canceled last night, and they, they even last night they had already canceled the Silver Crown, USAC Silver Crown race at Lucas Oil Raceway uh, for tonight. So. Yeah, it, it, it's I can't remember, you know, it's such a washout of a major weekend like this in a long, long time. Yeah, and it's going to hurt both in, you know, it's definitely going to hurt in attendance. It's going to hurt in viewership. It uh, it it doesn't bode well for uh, for any of them. But uh, who you think's going to win when they finally get this race in? I have no idea. All but right. So- how about uh, Timmy Hill? You think Timmy Hill's got a good shot? Timmy Hill. Matt DiBen- Matt Benedetto is leaving. Uh, his, he says he's leaving with a tri- not TriStar, but that, that big, huge team. <laughs> he's, leaving their, he, he's leaving their team, and he's a free agent. So he's got his name out there. So oh, he, finished eight, he finished in the top ten last year at the Brickyard. People forget about that. But I will go with, well, let's go chalk. You got to go chalk at this point, right? Kevin Harvick, I guess. Yeah. Well, they start one and two since qualifying got washed out. So, you know. There you go. They don't don't pass it at the track. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'll take Harvick. You can have Kyle Busch. Yeah, it's funny. You got Busch, Harvick, and Truex, one, two, three. So, you know, it's just. Rock, paper, scissors, and who cares? You know, it. Uh, we'll see. I, uh, I'm i going to go off the charts just because I, I enjoy being wrong constantly. Uh, so, Kyle Larson had a good run in the Southern 500 first time, Very and good. it seems like about 12 years that, uh, that he was up there and, and had a, a good, fast race car. You know, probably should have won, didn't. So, I'm going to go with Larson just to be different. Those are T-shirts we should get. Free Kyle Larson T-shirt. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so you're, you're sticking with Kyle, huh? Uh, or Harvick. Okay, Harvick. All right. I'll take both. How's that? 50, All right. I'll take 50% one, 50 in the other. All right. You take row one. I'll take the field. There you go. All I right. That's an even. I, I, to be, really, seriously, I think that's an even. That's like back in the day when uh, people would take the Bulls and then you could have the rest of the league. Yeah, well, now it's Golden State and the rest. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, Steve, thank you very much for uh, for joining us. And uh, maybe uh, next week you'll actually host your own show. I will be there. Thanks for keeping the lights on. Hey, I try. I try. No guarantees <laughs> it's going to stay that way. we still got 20 minutes to go, so I might burn the whole thing down. But I What's hope the not. score in the Badger game for our listeners? Uh, the score is that it's at commercial, and uh, it was it was twenty four to, to fourteen. I've got it here. It's uh, thirty eight fourteen now, Wisconsin.
38-14. Very good. 38-14. They're not going to cover the points, but uh, the Badgers are going to pick up the win. Very good. All right, Steve. Well, thank you. We'll see you next week. All right. Take care, buddy. You too, man. Steve Zaki joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Start your renovation journey with a simple and convenient pre-approval from Great Midwest Bank, dedicated to providing the perfectly personalized home loans to those right here in our communities since 1935. Well, the Steve Zaki Hour is over. Now when we come back, we're going to tune, tune, turn to Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Get caught up on some F1 uh, news, some sports card news. So stay right right where you're at. We'll be right back on the final inspection show. Eddie Lapine coming up next. Guitar, you know what time it is. Welcome back to the final inspection show right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan brought to you by our good friends at Great Lakes Dragway and Union Grove. Get out there today, see some cars, or go out to David Hobbs Honda out in Glendale and buy a car. Either way, do something car-related, and it is good for your soul. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, Mr. No More Mr. Nice Guy himself, Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Eddie, what's the good news today, brother? Well, I, I wish Steve was uh, out of the office more often with this introduction. <laughs> yeah, I'm you going know. to have some. I'm going to have some chicken wings at Gators Dockside this <laughs> afternoon and watch a little football. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah off so, weekend for both IndyCar and F1. Uh, you know, last week, F1, big shocker. Uh, guess who won, Eddie? I'll tell you. I think uh, they were mourning all week in Italy. Uh, Ferrari, Lewis put it to them again, and I don't think they have anything to blame but themselves. I, I totally... I really thought that Ferrari was going to, you know, make a, a bid for the championship this year, and I think it stuck a nail, probably the last nail in the coffin, I think, for them this year was losing the way they lost that. And Lewis made an incredible start and an incredible move to Vettel, and uh, Vettel spun out, and, you know, the rest is history. Poor Kimmy, you know, bad uh pit strategy and and tire choice and Hamilton won and here we are yeah yeah you know two guys head to head and uh well you know hopefully you're a fan of one because if you're a fan of anybody else besides Hamilton and Vettel it's uh it's got to be a tough watch on a week-in week-out basis I'll tell you it's you know, and I think you're just going to see more Hamilton. I think, uh, you know, Ferrari was expected to do really well in Italy and uh, for Lewis to do what he did. I mean, 
you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Lewis Hamilton, but I mean, he he answered all the critics and he put it to him on the start. So, I mean, you know, we got an off week for them now. They get a break. They got a lot to think about at Ferrari. It was not good. And uh, we got a, a, a the IndyCar race has a, a week off, which they had a big race last weekend, which I tell you, I think Scott Dixon should go to Vegas and uh, or, or play the lottery because I don't know how he kept that car running. And to finish where he did was just incredible. And uh, hats off to Scott Dixon. Yeah, well, you know, Dixon again proves why uh why he's at the top, you know, the top of the game. And uh he just he continues to amaze. So and and Scott Dixon, he's one of the one of the my favorite guys that I've I've ever had a a chance to interview. You know, he's he doesn't take it he doesn't take himself too seriously. He's a nice guy. The ego, he's, you know, doesn't have a, a huge ego like a lot of these guys. He seems like a down to earth, good dude, and he's really easy to root for. Oh, he, he totally, he is like one of the nicest and one of the most well respected drivers out there. Um, just a little quick thing uh, uh, my mom met him a few years ago, and she's been a fan since. And she doesn't really a big fan of IndyCar racing, but. Uh, he is just, just the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I hope, I hope he wins another championship. I'm, I'm rooting for him. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be tough for somebody to beat him going there. He's got such a good track history and it should be good though. Double points. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What, uh, what do you make of this being the last race at Sonoma uh, closing out the season? Well, I mean, there's a lot of changes. The schedule came out. I think, I, I think it's really, you know, good. I mean, with, I mean, not that they're going away from that track. That is a, a very nice track, but you know, Monterey and uh, Coda uh, is going to, you know, I think they can go head to head with formula one now there at Coda and see what, IndyCar is doing um, in that marketplace and see if they can uh, bring some fans there. You know, these tracks like Portland last weekend was just an awesome turnout. I talked to a lot of people that attended the race, and it was awesome. The weather was awesome, and I don't know why they ever left Portland when you think about, you know, the great racing they had over the years at that track. So, and it was an a great race last weekend and it was great to see Takumo Sato uh, win, you know? Yeah, so it, it was, it had to kind of make your heart stop though. When on turn two, you know, you got uh, Andretti flipping and after everything that happened with Wickens, you know, that uh, was it a, you know, obviously the, the crash was nowhere near the hit that, uh, that Robert Wickens took or anything like that. But after seeing what happened to Wickens and the extent of his injuries and everything, it just kind of makes you stop and think a little bit more when you see uh, Indy cars going upside down. Well, I mean, and that's how fast it can happen. Uh, you see how that progressed into that corner, uh, Hinchcliffe. I, I think he was just a little too aggressive and that's what caused it. And uh, that's how fast they can get on their heads and thank God nobody was injured. And, 
you know, Dixon just drives away like nothing. It was, it was like out of a, a I mean, it, you couldn't even script that how he drove away. I mean, I, I talked to uh, somebody at Andretti and they told me that just to have the wherewithal to be able to hold the clutch in, you know, you have to release the steering wheel, hold the clutch in and keep the car running was just, it was just unbelievable how he did it. And he just drove away like nothing. And, and, and he showed why he's a champion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Getting back to uh, what, what you said and what we talked uh, with Steve about not long ago, I, it was fantastic to see uh, Takuma back in victory lane and, you know, good for him. Uh, I know last week, Steve picked his teammate to win. That didn't work out, but, uh, and Sato beat Ryan Hunter Ray, who was my pick, but uh, congratulations to him. You know, He's another one, a very easy guy to root for. And uh, when, you know, when you see guys like that, win, it always kind of makes you happy. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And on, on another note on the IndyCar topic, um, Fernando Alonso tested an Andretti uh, Honda at Barber, and he was a, a little faster than the pole record uh, this year. First time out in the car at Barber. So, uh, you're definitely Fernando Alonso is going to be here next year. Uh, they haven't figured out, but um, he's probably going to be in a Chevrolet. That would be my guess, seeing that the Honda conflict with his Toyota sports car career. So it, it's pretty exciting news to see him coming. Well, I'll ask you the same question I asked Steve, and Steve kind of looked at me like I had three heads. But you've got, okay, when you got Alonzo, who's, you know, for all intents and purposes, headed to IndyCar, do you think that more of the middle to lower teams in F1 are going to start losing guys to IndyCar because they realize that F1 is just, there's no way to compete with Hamilton and Vettel, and they actually want to drive competitively and not just cash huge fat checks? Ah. I would say as a competitor and, you know, as a driver myself, I I would think, you know, I mean, it's like when Jacques Villeneuve won the World Driving Championship and for years he drove for Honda, actually. And, you know, he was a, a mid-pack runner. And, you know, these guys want to win. And once you hit the pinnacle, someone like Fernando Alonso, I mean, he was getting paid enormous fees. And here he is running in the back and of recent, not even, you know, starting dead last. And it's got to be frustrating because, you know, I mean, you're collecting, you're getting paid, but you want the trophy and all those guys. And definitely I would think that you will see some people because look at Rossi. Now Rossi was on a, a very, low-budget team in Formula 1, and look at now where he is, battling for the championship, okay? So, I mean, for what it takes for someone to go over there, like a Lance Stroll, where his dad writes out, you know, a $40 million check for him to race a year, I I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, you can come over here and race and and win. Yeah, I do too. I I think they're going to start seeing – 
more guys, and you know, I, I don't want to put it where it's guys who actually love racing more than just cashing big checks because all those guys have love for racing. But if you go in every race and you know that you're competing for third or lower and you don't really have any conceivable shot to win unless hell freezes over and you get lucky, that that just for the as big a competitors as these guys are, it has to drive them crazy. Now, uh, we're running out of time here. So, Indianapolis, you know, uh, hopefully they get the race in tomorrow for NASCAR. It might be Monday. We shall see. Uh, who's your pick to win uh, at Indy for NASCAR? I'm, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to keep sticking with Harvick. Okay. All right. I got Kyle Larson. You and Steve are on the same boat riding the Harvick train. Uh, Eddie Lapine, what's new at Racing Nation? Quick. Well, we just posted a story, uh, Monterey Sports Car Race, WeatherTech Series is racing this weekend. It's the second to the last race of the year, and all the classes are anyone's, anyone can win the championship. Fantastic. Eddie, you are the resident rock star here on the Final Inspection Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Jeff, it's always a pleasure Call me anytime. I'd love to come to Metallica with you. Hey, absolutely. In October, brother. <laughs> okay. All right, Eddie. I might be on a plane. Hey, I hope so. I hope so. Take care. Uh, Eddie Lapine, he joined us on a Great Midwest Bank hotline. Start your renovation journey with a simple and convenient pre-approval from Great Midwest Bank dedicated to providing perfectly personalized home loans to those right here in our communities since 1935. I want to thank everybody who joined the final inspection show today. Steve Zaki being a guest on his own show. Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com and Lori Monroe from Race Talk Radio. Thank you to all uh, of those of you that listened. Thank you to Great Lakes Dragway and Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.